Maybe it's just Cruella. Maybe I'm wrong. He took his glasses off. Who did? Oh, oh, look at that. We're ready to roll. Let me see. Which scene did I put him on? Nope. That's the scene with all the... There we go. That'll work. Welcome. Hey. How you doing? I'm bomb. I'm exhausted, but I'm good. Really, really, really good. Did you figure out why your stream was going live randomly? (laughs) Uh, Not yet. Um, I do feel personally victimized by my own Twitch. Yeah. But um, (laughs) nonetheless, yeah, it was awkward. It was, it was so embarrassing because, you know, like I love living in front of people and having people interact with me, but I like to do it when I know that I'm doing it. Not like on showing my breasticles, my like man boobs. For sure. Yeah. My COVID pounds, whatever, <laughs> doing all the things that I normally do not do in front of people. Yeah, that that sucks. That sucks big time. Uh, oh, look at that. For the brand right there. Look at that little pop. I know. This is uh, this one's Drew. This one is uh, my Twitch following knows him as the, he's the baby face of this household. <laughs> the the other one's definitely a heel. Heel? But this one, yeah. Heel and baby face. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, just the last thing on that Twitch thing, I would just check any hot keys you have in the settings. Um, I don't even know the cold keys, much less the hot ones. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm still trying to pick up, figure out what the hell's going on on Twitch in general. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've been working to upgrade my channel, add fun new things where like I, a couple of nights ago, I worked for like two hours trying to create this soundbite where people can trade in points that they accumulate by watching to make it uh, a quote from Ric Flair pop up and no idea how to make that happen. So I sort of suck at it all. But um, the one thing that I feel like I'm good at is interacting with the people and, um, and that got effed today. So, yeah, I feel bad. I'll tell you one thing you're, you're going to find this, that you're you'll for every hour that you're live on Twitch, uh-huh. You'll spend about two hours offline. It's like one to one for or two hours for every one hour. Yeah, I've already found that actually because just to get, um, I mean, on one day I spent like six hours just trying to figure out the OBS system, which is what I think glitched and basically attacked me later on, like yeah. turned around and attacked me. But, um, nevertheless like i really i've been i just enjoy tremendously the amount of time and and opportunity to interact with people you know i was telling my my best friend is like are you still twitching you know are you still doing that twitch thing and um i told him it's like my favorite thing now because it's the shit i do with an audience now of five or whatever people join me um the same things i used to do by myself which is just sit around and watch old school wrestling basically so the fact that I get to do that with people and occasionally they'll give me money or they'll pay to subscribe to my channel to do that with me is a little bit mind blowing. I mean, literally that's how I spend my free time regardless. For sure. Yeah. Like might as well go live. Yeah. We were, I was watching you last night. Uh, oh no, two nights ago. Uh, while you were on, you were watching, um, mid South wrestling. Uh, we've been on a huge mid South wrestling kick. We've watched like, I want to say we've watched about 35 episodes um, as sequentially as we could possibly get them um, over the last probably like two weeks. So that's, you know, luckily it's not actually 35 full hours of that because I end up 
I mean, anybody who joins me will tell you, like, I'm like, we, I don't like this. Kinder Nagasaki's entrance. We're going to fast forward through that. We're going to, we don't like this. They're recapping some bullshit. We just watched last episode, but that was the era of professional wrestling that really made me fall in love with wrestling. So I'm really excited to get to relive it and do it in front of an audience of people. Yeah. Um, Before you came on, we were talking about hell in the cell because hell in the cell is this weekend. And uh, we were saying Charlotte Flair should win this match against Rhea Ripley. Um, because you don't wear a Cruella DeVille uh, ring gear and not win. Um, well, did you see that um, Charlotte actually tweeted out to her following on social media asking which um, which Disney villain she should like kind of pay yeah. homage to in upcoming pay-per-views? So we could be getting a new, That's an a new Disney villain. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, I got Male- Maleficent. Cruella, uh, Ursula, I think, and the Wicked Queen from Snow White. Yeah, that's her. Yeah, the the Evil Queen. Evil. So, like, you know that I think that I, I just love the fact that it's obvious. It was I, I remember watching the last pay per view and seeing her come out in this outfit, and I was like, oh my god, she's paying homage to Cruella Deville, right? Yeah. Which is great because there's an actual movie tie in that's happening simultaneous to this. But at the same time, when you're and in the evil queen, like as she is, she's the queen. She's obviously evil. How better to sort of like cement that idea in people's minds than play into these characters, which are tr- like generationally iconic, multiple generations of iconic elements. I'm excited. I think she's going to come away with the win. Um, um, yeah, I, I wish that I, I think she's probably going to, yeah. I wish that she wouldn't. I, th- I wish that, um, WWE would invest in some other characters besides, you know, the top faces, uh, the top faces of the women's division. And I think Charlotte's been at that forefront of that for just a really long time now. And I wish that they would kind of do something with Rhea Ripley. I just don't think they know what to do with her. Yeah. I, I don't either. And I, I, I don't know. They, they went in this route before whenever, whatever WrestleMania that was. And Rhea was definitely not ready at that. Right. Point moment i mean who am i to say but she didn't seem ready from what i've watched uh i feel the same way again i feel i'm in that same situation again and they're going to be coming up to fans here soon and they aren't Mm going to be able to control like we were talking about on tuesday they're not going to be able to control what the fans do you know pipe the up or down or whatever they want to do yeah, I I think that the problem isn't Rhea though. I think that Rhea is ready. I think that Rhea is talented and skilled. I think that they need to work on figuring out what they want her to be and how to define that. I also think that Rhea should have come in not as a baby face. I think she should have come in as a monster heel and just been destroying people left and right. But I agree with that too. I do. She she's got she's got the look. You know, she's got that badass ass kicking look to her. So her playing a, this baby face role just kind of doesn't cut it to me. I think that they should have had her coming in and victimizing the most popular wrestlers on the, on the, the, the show. Yeah, I agree. Cause now you got, you got her going up against Charlotte too. And I, I think Charlotte, although Charlotte can pull off a baby face, I think she's better at a heel. And now we have what two, two heels going at it. Well, I think that Rhea is the, I think she is the baby face in this situation. I think that she's definitely the crowd favorite. Uh, You know, I I think that what it comes down to is that 
certain people just are not intended to be crowd favorites, right? Not in the traditional sense. Charlotte is a crowd favorite, meaning that people love her, but they love to hate her. And I think that there's a million different reasons for that. You know, she's successful. She is uh, arrogant. She's all of these things. And, you know, she's the first to tell you, as she has from Go, that uh, based on her her like her family lineage, she's genetically superior to all of these people. So I think that she plays that role very well. And, uh, you know, to me, it's just been really very difficult to get to behind her in any of their efforts to make her a, a, a baby face. You know, it's hard to feel sorry for or pity for her. And the closest we got was when she was in that angle with her dad and Lacey Evans, and they still yeah. didn't play that properly. They didn't. They didn't play it as well as they could have, and then you know, Lacey had to step away. Um, yes. There was another thing I wanted to ask you before we got to full. Before we get to full queer, um, the, these ninety-day contracts. Okay, so I learned today from people smarter than me that okay, some of the recently released wrestlers are trying to get their 90 days 90 day non-compete waived and i'm confused i like do they have to have a 90 day if they if they don't want it um i think that that's wwe's contractual obligation that they 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 make them sign that and agree to it i'm not even sure that it's legally binding to be honest because they're you know, these are people who we've repeatedly heard are not full-time employees. Right. They are contracted, independent contractors. Yep. And so I think the legality behind the idea that you could prevent a an independent contractor from doing what earns them their living for a 90-day period could probably be contested in court. But I think that also it is something that is in, in the industry. It's probably generally considered like the standard, right? Yeah. Uh, I also think that they probably... With most of these people, because of the fact that they are releasing them from some kind of a longer term contract, there's a strong possibility that the WWE could be like, well, your non-compete is covered in this period of time where we're compensating you kind of. Right. So, yeah. So if they didn't, I, so if they didn't want to be compensated, then would the 90 day it's be possible? Yeah, it's possible. Huh. I, I don't know. I don't know the legalities of that because. I've never been in a 90 day non-compete clause. Right. But right. I, I think that um, a lot of these individuals probably don't want to burn that bridge because at some point in time, at a minimum, they're going to want to go back to WWE, even if it's just to end their career or whatever. Sorry to look away. You're right though. They all do want to come back. Hey, uh, Poyo, do you want to become famous by followers, primes and views on Oh my God, I have to block at least one of those a week. It's <laughs> yeah, so irritating. It's, it's the same thing as when about twice a, twice a day on Instagram, somebody like slides into my DMs asking if I want to buy followers on, on Instagram. And I'm just like, uh, first of all, how fishy would it look if I went from like uh, 8,050 followers to like 25,000 followers? by the week into the weekend, you know, like people are going to call me out on that. Number one. And number two, th- you're buying fake anything, right? Like it's like the idea behind this shit is that you have an organically grown social media following, whether that's 20 people or 20,000 people who want to invest in you and spend their time with you and, or give you money or support what you're doing, buy t-shirts, buy merchandise, come to your show. What good does that do for any of us if we're buying that shit? Nothing. It does nothing, at least in my mind. Nothing at all. But, hey, you never know. After this weekend, you're the mistress of ceremony. 
at yeah. Full Queer, you may go from from you may jump up twenty five thousand people on Instagram. I I may jump up twenty five people, and I'd be excited about it. <laughs> there you go. So why don't you help help me learn? Help me teach me. Uh, Full Queer Wrestling for Rights this uh, Sunday, Father's yeah. Day at four. Um, let me see. Let me go over this page here. So hold on, you, I'm I'm okay. about to put that show over, and I'm about to put him down. Beat there, it. There you okay. Go. How did uh, How did this come about? What, what What's it all about? Teach us. Put it over. Yeah, absolutely. So I I want to say also. Oh my God! Now I got another one. This one This one's the heel, but oh, <laughs> it's a run in. He yeah, exactly. He he's the heel, but um. He's not acting like a heel right now. What's what's wrong with you? You're not. You're acting like a baby face. Which one got out the window the last time you were on? Uh, yeah, that's that one. Yeah. Oh no, no, the one that went out the window last time was the baby face because he was in the bed. And the baby face, the the heel can jump in and out the window, uh, and and get back in. Yeah. The baby face, he's short and he can't. His legs are small and he can't do that. So he'll go out and then he's stuck. So, um, I forgot. I totally forgot that that happened last time. Oh shit. (laughs) Uh, so this weekend is actually the, the beginning tomorrow. Like as we head into this weekend, it is the most wrestling intense, um, week period, I guess, of my entire life. And th- this entire last month, actually everything since Effie's Big Gay Brunch has been just like piling up is this incredible whoo, dream come true for me. So, um, the big the big gay brunch led into so many things and one of those of course is full queer it's coming on sunday uh june 20th yep. to pacheco california and that's uh wrestling for it's called wrestling for rights and we're we're holding a big tournament there so basically the background of this is that and a story just broke about this today on um, outsports.com which was really cool so um, a group of my friends here in Northern California decided about a year ago they wanted to do this event. But obviously things took a turn, right, yeah. with COVID and all this stuff. So everything got put on hold, and now it's finally coming to fruition. And really what I think the idea behind this is, it's multiple, really. because So on one layer, we want to showcase the kind of depth of talent that we have in Northern California alone. Effie's Big Gate Brunch has brought us talents from all over the United States, right? Um, to come together to do this big um, LGBTQ plus show. Well, Northern California has shit tons of talent in its own right. And so a lot of that Northern California talent is going to be at Full Queer on Sunday. And we're going to be doing a tournament where we are crowning the very first ever Prince X of Pride championship um, title holder. And that is a gender non-specific, weight class non-specific, promotional non-specific championship that can be taken anywhere in the United States and defended on any promotion so long as they allow and or promote LGBTQ equality in terms of the talent that they hire and the kind of uh, shows that they do and promotions they run. So that's really exciting, but I want to give huge credit to my friend Marco Mania. Um, Marco Rodriguez is the producer of this particular event, and he's somebody that Um, has been in a lot of ways just really integral to my involvement in pro wrestling. And that's because he and I met um, in the LGBTQ community here in San Francisco. And, and both of us, we connected over the, our love of wrestling. And then I started getting involved in wrestling and he would always come and bring tons of his friends to my shows. And um, somewhere along the way, without even realizing it, 
I inspired him to want to live his pro wrestling dreams. And he actually went, he's training right now and in training and he's a champion here in Northern California, a tag team champion in Northern California. And, and he's the producer of the show. So it's, it's very exciting to me to watch Marco get to live his dreams and in the process of living his dreams, hopefully get to further some other people in the Northern California area in living their dreams. So we're, we're going to have a lot of things happening on Sunday. It's going to be a great show. It starts at four o'clock in the afternoon. Tickets are only $15 if you buy in advance, 20 bucks at the door. But we're going to have the Harvey Milk Invitational over yeah. the top rope Battle Royal. We're going to have um, the Sylvester Mighty Real. Uh, I think that's a scramble match where the winner of that's going to go on and be in the, the Harvey Milk Invitational. It's it's just a great showcase for LGBTQ plus wrestling talent, basically. Um, I was reading some things before we got on here, and Marco said he would not do the show unless you did it. Yeah, I mean, that he came to me a, a couple months ago, and when they were starting to roll this idea out, and he was like, hey, will you... Um, will you be on the show for me? Like, it's something I really want. And of course I was like, just tell me when, you know, he was yeah. like really nervous to ask me or something. And, and I was like, tell me the date and it's going in my calendar right away, you know? And um, in a lot of ways, you know, for me, this is, I, I don't, it's weird to, to kind of, I'm in a weird place. Okay. Right. Like I'm in a weird place because I am after Effie's big gay brunch. And that was only a couple months ago. Yep. Like, my visibility in the world of professional wrestling has exploded all of a sudden, you know, not at the level of people like that we're seeing like MV young, where he's going everywhere and touring and Effie obviously, or uh, dark Sheik, or, you know, I could go, I could run down a list of actual amazing competitors who are flying all over and actually competing. But in terms of what I was doing in the world of professional wrestling prior to April and to now it's ridiculous. Like I have, um, Saturday night, I'm going to San Jose, California to do Underground Wrestling Alliance. Um, I've got a new role with them, and I'm really excited about that. This is something that they're bringing me in to do something special. They've created something entirely unique for me to do with them. And then Sunday, it's Full Queer out in Pacheco. And then, you know, Monday, I'm going to be on streaming here on Twitch with Shea Purser and a bunch of other LGBTQ pro wrestling personalities. We're going to be doing... like part of its education, part of it's just exposure. Part of it is just interacting with our audience who love and support us. And then I'm heading to friggin' Vegas to do fearless with the dark Sheik, you know, Mm -hmm. the mastermind behind all of hood slam, which bar none is the most iconic West coast promotion today, like period, hands down the biggest cult following. So for me, like to go from where I was to now is overwhelming. And then when I say that I'm in this weird place, it's because, people who have been supporting me from go like, like Marco yeah. are seeing this sort of explosion. Yeah. You know, oh, and like, of course, co-hosting wrestling yeah. Inc on Thursdays and being in pro wrestling illustrated next month. And these are all things that to me are exciting. But I think when people from outside look at this, they're like, I think suddenly Marco's like, uh, is, is my friend going to do this show for me? Right. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. is a, am I going to be able to get on my friend's calendar? So Marco came and was like, I was like, just tell me when it is. And we're going to do this. You know, this is amazing. It's my chance to not only continue to live my dream, but to help support other people. And um, yeah, like the, he, he was really, really upfront about, I mean, the show would have gone on if I'd have been like, nope, not doing it. Yeah. But 
he was very adamant about wanting me to be part of it. And I think that's because he's up, he's really open about the fact that watching me inspired him. Right. So um, I think that that speaks to something that we should probably all remember. And that is that we do things a lot of times for really selfish reasons. Like I didn't, pursue my love of wrestling in hopes that I would later inspire other people to do it. I did it because that's my lifelong dream is to do the stuff that I'm starting to do right now. But what ends up happening as a result of that is people see what I consider an unlikely success story. Somebody who in my early mid forties started finally getting opportunities to do what I've wanted to do since I was a teenager. Yeah. And I've, I like, I was like, you know what? Now's the time. If this is the time that's going to be presented to me, then I don't know how long I have the opportunity to do this. So I'm going to do everything I can to make this dream come true for me as best I can. And people like Marco and many other people, like many, many other people saw this and were like, not only wanted to push me forward to live my dream, but then somehow, some way, Marco was like, wait a minute, you know, like, He's doing it. And this is something I wanted to do. So I'm going to do it because this is my chance and my opportunity. So it's, um, it's been a whirlwind and in the best possible way, I'm exhausted as fuck. I'll tell you that. But yeah, I was going to say how, because it has, you have exploded mm-hmm. uh, in a short period of time. How are you handling it? Um, Like in terms of sleep, not so well. <laughs> Um, and you know, like I, I believe, yeah. I believe that, um, whatever I'm doing, there's something that I'm doing right. You know, like, I think that my reasons for doing it are based in passion and love for wrestling and, and love for our community and love for other people who love wrestling. Right. Like, yeah. that's why I'm doing this at the level that I'm doing it. I'm not, I don't want it to ever sound like, you know, I'm not in the WWE guys. I'm not debuting on NXT next week or whatever. It's not like that. But when you are in a position like I am where two years ago before, right before COVID I was doing maybe three to four wrestling shows a year and I'm getting ready to enter a week where I've got three wrestling shows in seven days and I've got wrestling events on my calendar um, in uh, July and August and presumably already September and October too, plus like all of these other things. So for me, it has been an explosion. Um, and I think that the, the thing that I never forget is that, that it's taken a really long time, you know, yeah. for this to happen for me, it's yeah. taken a really, really long time for the dreams that I had to start to happen. And, um, it's taken a long time for me to believe that it was possible for a really, I think for a long time, I believed whatever narrative was given to me by society yeah. or my internal dialogue or whatever that said, like, this is not possible for you. And this is a dream you just won't get to live. And then, you know, I would, for anybody who might watch this and have a dream, whatever that is, and something in the back of your head says, well, that's not going to happen for you. Um, <laughs> I ask, says who? Who says that's not going to happen for me? Because if I have any say in it, it's going to happen. Well, I think, and you hit the nail right on the head because you said 
you you went into this wrestling as your passion. You you were selfish. You wanted to go in because that's yeah. what you loved. But and you didn't ask for this, but you're a role model, Poyo. Like people could look at your strive and struggle in continuing to push through as a role model. You know, on one hand, I think that's, I do think that's true. I think that, um, I also think I'm a product of a generation, Yeah. right? Well, that's one of the things I want to point out. Like I am a product of a generation. So I am a 40 something year old gay man. And what was available to us, um, meaning other people in my situation and from, you know, from that time period was very different than what's available now. You know, like I yeah. see people like, you know, Sunny Kiss and Ashton Starr and um, Edith Surreal and these people who are really out there living this dream and unabashed, um, unequivocally who they are, authentic in their presentation. And, you know, those are the kind of opportunities that are available now. Those were not available yeah. when I was growing up. You know, the, the unspoken spoken was if you are gay in the world of professional wrestling, you better be quiet about it. Yeah. Um, or don't even bother, you know, like this is something that if you can't hide it, then, um, it's not for you. And I, I've never been able to hide it. You know, what you're seeing in front of you, this is how I've been pretty much my whole life. So, you know, I think about generationally how things are different, but where I do think that maybe, um, where I do think maybe there is an element of being a role model, you know, is when I look at back at my history and think about the times when I like hated myself a lot, you know, I really was self super self-destructive, the things I was doing to my, my mind, my body, my spirit, my soul, you know, like, um, like, uh, escaping, diving into like, I was, you know, for, it's not a secret. I was a daily crystal meth addict for a really long, for a fairly long time, a number of years. And I was on this path of self-destruction because it seemed like it was a, an actualization of what I thought the world had in store for me. Like that's, that's what the world, that's all the better I could get. Right. Yeah. And, and to come from that, you know, again, I, I selfishly had to stop doing those things because I was going to die otherwise, but through doing that and starting to like, um, go into the world and be inspired by what other people were doing. It, eventually I was like, I, you know, I can do this for myself. And as a result now by doing it for myself, I can, I think other people might get the message like, well, you know, it is possible. Anything's possible. Yeah. And, um, and the worst thing, you know, even if something's not possible, trying, trying it is possible. And if you fail, that's okay. Cause you tried, but I think the biggest failure of all is like to sit around and wonder, well, what could have been different if I had, if I had done something different? What if I tried, you know, what, what if like, I'm sitting here talking to you, like, what if, um, a few years ago I hadn't reached out to like this local wrestling organization and been like, Hey, I really, this is my, like, I love this. Like, can I, can I help you all out somehow? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm just hearing you say like, don't playing the what if game, like you're, you, you would regret it. People would regret it for sure. Yeah. I mean, in this, in the world, we cannot control the way other people view us, interact with us. Um, the, the, you know, the boxes they put us in, 
And, you know, if people in our, in my life, and it hasn't always happened, I don't think, but if there have been people in my life that have given up on me or um, thought that my options were limited, that's fine. I can't control them. The person in my life that thought I was limited and who gave up on me that meant the most was me. You know, I gave up on me a long time ago and it took a lot of like really crappy experiences to like reawaken that kind of hopefulness and a vision like, and remember that I even had dreams. And, and then it took a number of years after I remembered I had dreams to start going for them. So, you know, that's back to what you said earlier, like, how am I handling it? Um, I'm handling it really well because every single day that I get to live, whatever is happening in that day, whether it's good or bad or indifferent, it's like, I'm so grateful for it. You know, I'm so grateful that I'm meeting the people I'm meeting that people are um, supporting me and like cheering me on. I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for people like Marco who um, is helping to give other people opportunities, you know, I'm, and I, I think it's just phenomenal. Um, we were looking over some of the matches. Let me see. Let me see. I got the link here. Some of the, the cards and uh, I was just clicking on the names because I didn't, I don't know any of these wrestlers. So I clicked on the, one of them because it had the word baseball in it. And I'm like, that's awesome. Let me click on that. So it's the the great Bambina. Mm-hmm. Uh, baseball Furiosa. Base hit bitch. Uh, uh, you know anything about, about her? Get baseball kicked. Uh, yeah, of course I know. Yeah. I know quite a bit about Bambina. Actually, um, Bambina and I have only met in person. Okay. Um, a couple times, like one time that I can remember. And um, Bambina is tra- trains at the Stoner U. Um, Bambina is part of the larger collection of, of performers who wrestle with Hood Slam or adjacent to Hood Slam in East Bay Pro Wrestling. Um, transgender, um, brawler, hard-hitting, um, ass-kicker. So I'm, ex- I'm excited to see what Bambina brings to the table on Sunday at Full Queer entering into that that tournament you know into the so we're gonna we're gonna see eight contestants all pretty different each of them kind of like vying to become the first princess of pride champion and and bambina is definitely going to be one of the the people what the fuck just happened no you're good I don't okay know. i just said something just popped up on my screen and i'm like oh my god my <laughs> my computer is turning on me again like you're lying my, my laptop my laptop is doing a heel turn in the middle of me promo cutting this promo on on bambina but um bambina is somebody that um you know i my greatest interaction with bambina is actually watching her growth um on a personal level through her social media and and seeing and coming to understand you know it's really easy i think to buy into the personas that people want to develop and cultivate in social media in terms of professional wrestling, right? Like she's an ass kicker. And I like, you know, I, I have videos that are on my phone, like beating people down and like slamming them around in the ring and whatever, but behind the scenes, you know, she's experienced some things that are really uncomfortable, you know, as a trans woman who is going into the world and people um, interacting with her in ways that are disrespectful or hurtful and, so those are the kinds of things that um, if I were her, I would be using those as my motivation to just want to kill people, yeah. you know, like if, go go in here and crush people and walk out with a title. So 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm um, looking forward to Bambina. I'm looking forward to a lot of the competitors on this card. We got Mariah Moreno on there. Yeah. Um, Keita Mur- Akita Murray. Um, Keita has asked to have his last name dropped, so he's just Keita. Just Keita. Um, okay. Just Keita. Keita is uh, going to be one of the contestants. Deshade is in the the tournament. Key to your key to your heart. What a perfect social media name. Key to your yeah, heart. Yeah, I know. And and I my favorite thing about Keita is that. Um, on his tights, right where his crotch is, there's a big keyhole. That makes maybe, sense. <laughs> maybe unlock this. I got something for you to unlock, Keita. Come on to town, babe. After, uh, after Sunday's show, I hope you're not too worn out. Yeah, there you go. I've Wait. actually done shows with Keita before. Um, Keita did a Keita is was a longtime tag team partner of one of the co-producers of this event, who is not himself LGBTQ, but who is a big ally of our community, and that's D Rogue. D-Rogue. So D Rogue and Keita were tag team partners for a long time throughout the Bay Area. Yeah. Awesome. Let me see who else. Uh, Brittany Wonder. I love Brittany Wonder. She's our hometown superheroine. So um, Brittany Wonder is a, she's been a staple in the Hood Slam community for years. And it's interesting for people, probably interesting to people who don't live in the Bay Area um, to see talent like this because I'm going to go out on a limb here. And say that Brittany has wrestled more professional wrestling matches against men than she ever has against women. So um, for her to be in an intergender type of tournament like this, yeah, it's it's her old stomping ground, baby. She's ready to kick a man's ass. She's ready to kick a woman's ass. She's an equal opportunity ass kicker. And as the heroine of our Bay Area, she's here to save the day too. Phenomenal. Um, I did also want to ask you, you are on Wrestling Inc. Daily. And I saw mm-hmm. this on your on your Twitter today. Uh, when you the last time you were on with Nick Hausman, you mm-hmm. showed up in full drag. Did that was he, this morning. Did he know? He did not know. Uh, he was like, when we because you know we we log in like yeah, yeah. ten minutes before we go live, and I popped up and I turned on my camera and he was like, oh well, hello. Um, you know when the one of the things I'll say about Wrestling Inc com is that they're fully aware you know like they approached we we were in discussions for something entirely different than this podcasting co- co-hosting thing um a few months ago and that sort of didn't work out because i was really upfront like you know you guys want something that you need it doesn't align i want to work with you but right. it doesn't align with what i want to do and then they circled back you know just a couple of weeks later and um gave me this co-hosting gig on thursdays and it's been really amazing. They, so they're, and they're, of course, they're fully aware of my persona, my character in the world of professional wrestling. Um, we never shy away from that. They, they often will, t- we often talk about it yeah. on, on the air. And what has been so amazing to me is how much of a non-issue, at least that as it's been directed towards me, that that has been with our viewing audience. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I watch, you know, when I can, when I don't have the, the kids mm-hmm. and I'm on Thursdays uh, and I'm watching on the Twitch side of things and it definitely doesn't seem, I mean, it's just, you just boil. You're just, it's not an issue really. It's great. It's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. The, the interesting part to me, like the thing that was so uh, a challenge for me or like an obstacle for me to mentally overcome is that we use my real name. You know, yes. we use my real name on that. And I have been, you know, Poyo Del Mar has been my public persona for 
more than a third of my life. And um, the people, there's presumably possibly thousands of people who probably never knew my real name. So when I, when I jumped on with them, they were like, you know, Nick was actually asking me, do how do you want to be identified? Do you want us to use Poyo or, or Paul? Like which, which name do you want to go by? And I was like, well, you know, this for me is a great opportunity because um, the cat's out of the bag, y'all. Like yeah. I'm not a woman, you know, like I'm not a woman. That's a character I play. The Undertaker, by the way, is also not really a corpse. Good, good um, point. You know, that, you know, it's that kind of thing where we all play a character in the world of professional wrestling to enhance the entertainment value. That happens to be mine, right? Yeah. And um, so that challenge of sitting in front of an, a, a global, potentially global audience who would actually know my name and where I was not hidden behind a character, that was a little daunting. But it's been really nice to me because... First and foremost, I don't want to have to wake up every yeah, Thursday at 6 a.m. to get in drag to do that event. And and secondly, like it just allows me the opportunity to go in front of those people and just be myself and be the fan of wrestling that I am and um, acknowledge that I have, you know, that other side and she does her thing. And, and I go along for the ride for that, too. But on, in this case, she's kind of along the, for my ride. Excellent. Um before I give you the mic and you can put over full queer one last time, uh, wait, Vanessa, do you have anything you want to add? I, I just, hi, <laughs> I just hide in the shadows. That's what I do. You should never hide in the shadows, Vanessa. <laughs> I just do. It's easy oh. to write emails. <laughs> um, so no, we were just, cause we were talking about that um, one girl. Can we change the name of the female hero? Cause heroine just sounds terrible. Well, you know, like I said, it's funny that uh, I told y'all earlier, you know, I, I had to clean up my act cause I was a drug addict for a real long time. I remember, I, I remember when I went to um, rehab, everybody was like, I was using Heron. And I was like, what? <laughs> They're like, Heron. I was like, myself. what the fuck is a Heron? Like, and then I realized they meant heroin. Yeah. And um, so she, Brittany Wonder is just, you know, she's our local wonder girl. She is our, she's our superhero. She is here to save the day. She doesn't have to be a hair Ron. If you don't like a hair Ron, she doesn't have to be a hair Ron. She's just a superhero, I guess we'll go with. Absolutely. And also she's, I, I think she's like, I mean, definitely identifies as female, but I think she's a little bit gender queer, you know, like she, she definitely has like, a little bit of a butch side to her too. And she doesn't shy away from that at all. We love that about her. Man, I forgot. I was going to say something too, before I gave you, I, I can't remember. Oh, I, I love you, Brittany wonder. I think you're a bomb. I can't remember what I was going to say. Now I was going to say something and I forgot. Nah, it doesn't matter. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, full queer, uh, on Sunday at four, will it be streaming anywhere? Like if, cause I, I'm on the East coast, I wouldn't be able to attend. Is it, can I watch it anywhere? I don't have a full answer for that. Okay. You know, um, I don't think we certainly don't have like the ITV or whatever IWTV type of deal. We definitely don't have a fight TV deal. I think that they will be recording it for later release on YouTube. Okay. So I think that that is definite possibility. It's going to be, you know, very old school in the feel of it. Cause the event will be, it'll be like when WWF used to release, SummerSlam videos three months three after months. They, yeah, we said, SummerSlam yeah. went off. Be like, um, at least this time you won't have to go down to Blockbuster and rent it. But 
Uh, I think it'll probably take a little while for that to become available. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be doing it live on Twitch or anything of that nature. Who knows, though? You know, I, I also want to say I want to put over the fact that Brittany and I are going to be spending a couple weekends together because Brittany and, and I think Kita, Kita and Brittany both, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, are both on Fearless with me the following Friday. So we're together on Sunday here in, in California, and we are together the following Friday in Vegas. So it's going to be an effing party. Sounds amazing. Sounds awesome. Way more fun than anything I have planned for this weekend. Exactly. Um, all right. I'm going to give you the mic, Poyo, at the end of, of the show. Uh, floor is yours. Put over anything you want or, or bury anything. I, I'm not going to interrupt. Well, shit. We, you know, we've been, I've been putting over everything and everybody. Um, I'm just really grateful, again, for continued opportunities like this. People who actually want to sit down and talk to me and presumably somewhere, somewhere – in the world out there is somebody who actually wants to hear what I have to say. You know, if you are in the Northern California area, come on out Saturday to San Jose, California for UGWA Underground Wrestling Alliance. We're going to be doing Megalomania down there in San Jose. And then Sunday, it's going to be full queer in Pacheco, California. The Princess of Pride tournament is going to be one day tournament where we're going to be crowning the very first ever Princess of Pride. If you can't come to either of those and you happen to be in the Vegas area, June 25th is going to be unequivocally fearless. And that is a lineup of people. We've got Dark Sheik on that show, Kita, Brittany Wonder. Shit, Effie's flying in. I'm so I'm excited. Ashton Starr and Effie and I are going to get to reunite after several months apart, you know, after we all lived in Wrestle House together in, uh, in Tampa. It's the next couple of weeks of, of my life are just going to be so unbelievable. Um, I invite each and every one of you who's watching this to participate in that with me because it's really special for me and I would love it to be special for you as well. If you can't get to any of those, but you want to do something supportive, find me here on Twitch or go out for in July and pick up your episode or issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. My very first ever Pro Wrestling Illustrated article drops in July. And uh, that's actually technically the street date of that is listed as October, but it comes out in July. Um, I just appreciate you, Standing Streamer, you, Vanessa, for putting me on and putting me over and allowing me to put on and put over my friends as well. So thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. Anytime. You're welcome back anytime. I mean, I I think we could talk about anything and everything. Uh, Full Queer this weekend. And uh, the other one, I forgot already. Uh, Oh, Fearless? Fearless. Yes. Full Queer and Fearless coming up. Uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, twitch.tv slash Pollo Del Mar. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on again. Can't wait to talk to you soon. Uh, pleasure is all mine. Thank you for having me. Yeah, have a great night. You too. Race off. Race off.